morning. First Peter chapter one. And I'll read verse one down through uh, verse nine. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love to us in Christ. and We thank you for this blessed book, those who've uh, written uh, under the inspiration of your spirit, and you have now preserved it for us, dear God, so that we can follow your commands, uh, learn your will, know what you love and what you hate, and uh, know your purpose for us in this life. And Father, we do thank you. We do praise you. Uh, we thank you for the word that's gone forth uh, already for that very cause that we might know you more and walk, walk in your will. And Father, uh, we thank you for that, the word going forth in the adult Sunday school hour, the children's Sunday school hour. And, and God, once again, I pray for the filling of your spirit. Just help me to minister the word 
uh, to your church today and pray for my dear wife fill her with your spirit relaying the message in sign and father be with uh, Phoebe in the nursery and watching the children and father bless and fill with thy spirit there open our hearts to your word give us understanding I thank you for each one here and I thank you for each one who is with us uh, online now today and and I pray that by your word and by your spirit, you'd speak to every heart, God, that your word would, would go forth, that uh, those who may need to be saved would realize uh, they could be saved today if they, they would trust you as their Savior. Uh, and Lord, all who have done that, we all, we're always needing to grow. We're always needing to draw closer to you. We're always needing to be busy and working, as we saw in the, in, in, in the lesson this morning, to your return. And Father, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I've entitled the message this morning, Hope Through Hardships. Hope Through Hardships telling my wife the Sunday school lesson this morning and this lesson as as I was looking at the Sunday school lesson earlier and such it, it they kind of go hand in hand and it's, a, it's just a blessing uh, roadblocks God puts in our way and uh, or allows to be put in our way uh, which however you want to look at that but uh, uh, God does give us hope and help in the hardships of life uh, that 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 we do face um, Peter, in his uh, letter here, speaks often of the sufferings that would accompany those who would live for Christ. However, in the midst of our trials, the grace of our God prevails and produces joy through faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter is uh, obviously a prominent apostle. Uh, he is mentioned more than 200 times. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, the Apostle Paul himself, 160 times, others uh, uh, not quite so much as these. Peter was a native of Bethsaida, a small village on the northeastern tip of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, as we know, uh, Peter was a fisherman uh, by trade along with his father uh, Jonah, his brother Andrew, and partners with James and John. When we open the New Testament, we find that uh, Peter is married. He is at this time living in Capernaum, and there is no record of, uh, of any children uh, that he may have had. Andrew, Peter's brother, was the disciple of John the Baptist. Uh, perhaps Peter was also. Uh, we don't know. Peter, we know that at least Peter knew of John's message. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, when uh, Andrew and John uh, met uh, Jesus after he was, uh, uh, had, had been baptized by John, and at one point John the Baptist pointed out, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And, and uh, read our Bibles, it tells us that uh, Andrew and John 
uh, uh, went to follow Jesus and to stay with him uh, the remainder of that day. Well, before, before Andrew and John left to stay with him the remainder of that day, we gather that Andrew went and got Peter. And it seems to me that it was Peter, it was Andrew, John, and Peter uh, that stayed with Jesus that, that day and uh, uh, got to know him uh, a little better. Uh, Peter eventually uh, was called by Christ to be a, full, uh, a full-time disciple, uh, of course, as was his brother Andrew. Uh, <clears throat> He's eventually chosen as one of the twelve apostles and becomes one of the three in the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He writes this letter in his later years. Uh, he's known as the Apostle of Hope by many. He writes, hope is used four times in this first letter that he writes. And he speaks of the subject of suffering. Subject, the subject of suffering is mentioned 16 times in this first letter that, that, that Peter writes under the inspiration of the Spirit. And uh, as we look at this passage, we realize that as believers... We need to endure trials uh, because God is using them to prepare us for the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, whether we realize it or not, that is one of the most important, if, the not, if not the most important day in our lives. Of course, next to salvation. <laughs> we don't have that. You don't get to be at the judgment seat of Christ, okay? Uh, but after you're saved, hey... That's what we're living for. That, that's that, that's the, the, his, God's assessment on our life. And whether or not we uh, receive or lose rewards, as Brother Chris was sharing this morning. And uh, it's important to God. So he's trying to, whether uh, we have realized how important that day is, God knows how, how important it is. And guess what? Out of his goodness to us, he's trying to get us ready for that. And sufferings are part of the way uh, that he does that. Peter says here in verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It seems to me that some may differ, uh, that the trials that we see at the judgment seat of Christ are at least in part, if not entirely, related to the trials that we face on earth and how we seek God through those. Uh, do we find God's strength? It's there for us, amen. Can we have victory? Yes, we can. It's there for us. Have we claimed it? How well have we done in letting him take the lead? Yeah. How have we, well, have we done in, in yielding to his spirit and following the way of escape that he gives us in every trial? Amen. And there will be rewards for that. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and it's going it's to be discerned. God, next on God's calendar is the rapture. And as far as you and I are concerned, next on God's calendar is the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> And so he's trying to get us ready for that. We ought to be wanting to get, to get ready for that. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we learn about the judgment seat of Christ. 
And there it says, uh, Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ. In other words, Christ is the foundation. That's when you get saved. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You're, you're born again. You're, you're justified by faith without the deeds of the law, the Bible says. That's, a, not, that's an unchanging position, as Brother Chris shared this morning. You're justified uh, by, that, by that faith without works. But then our works are tried. And we receive or, or lose rewards. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, some receive rewards, rewards. Others' rewards are burned up. Yet the Bible says there in 1 Corinthians 3, yet they themselves are saved, yet so is by fire. Yet they're still saved. Even though they lose all rewards because they didn't live for Jesus as they should have. Yet, because Christ purchased their salvation, you can't take that away. Uh, you say, well, what happened to them? Well, I'll guarantee you they were miserable in this life. <laughs> uh, uh, th their misery didn't start there when they realized how they failed Christ. Uh, their misery began here when they weren't listening. Amen. And uh, we can avoid that by loving and serving God now and preparing for that time. God's trying to get us ready for that. And, uh, and, and, we, and, and we see that. Uh, in Romans chapter 14 and verse 10, the scripture says, Why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, believers. It's written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Uh, we will do that. Every believer, every believer will do that. That's an awesome thought. Could you imagine if every business in our country were going to be audited by the RERS this year? <laughs> and they knew it? <laughs> Could you imagine? I'll guarantee you this, there'd be some hiring going on. And by the way, probably some firing. <laughs> They'd be hiring some accountants to get this thing figured out, make sure everything's in line, and firing some, uh, some ones that were a little crooked, you know, along the way, probably. But the, but the truth is, we'd see a great stir, wouldn't we? Well, listen, folks, we know it, don't we, brothers and sisters in Christ? Uh, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I know he loves us more than we understand, but he also is divine. He is, he is a great and fearful God. And, uh, and uh, we'll never realize that as much as the day we stand before him. Okay? And God wants us to be ready, uh, to be ready for that. Uh, Peter has the right, of course, to speak of hope through hardships. He'd been through plenty. And uh, remember, uh, Peter was Satan's marked man, uh, like Job. In, in Luke twenty two thirty one, Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. It will, but we will not, he went on to tell him, but I have prayed for thee. He says, and when thou art converted, he says, strengthen that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. But he, Satan, hath desired to have him and sit him as wheat. By the way, that's not a gentle thing. Uh, wheat was, was beaten, they would beat out the grain. 
you know, they would uh, run the, thre- you know, the, the thresher over it. And uh, our Lord, uh, for God's glory and God's purposes, had allowed that plan of Satan to take place, had turned him over. Satan had desired to have thee. God said, okay. But God would help him through it. Christ would help him through it, just as he will anything that he allows in our lives. And so first of all, we see if we would have hope through hardships, we must, number one, realize temptations are necessary. Realize temptations are necessary. We've got to accept the fact that we need really temptations in our lives if we're going to grow. Uh, verse 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, what are the three words? If need be. If need be. God is determining what we need individually to conform us into the image of Christ. Some people believe that God cancels out our free will in this sanctification process. I'm not among that group. I think that God can give you a trial and you and I a trial that will, that will uh, conform us more to the image of Christ if we will be exercised thereby. In other words, if we will receive that at, from God as from Him and yield to His Holy Spirit through it. If we will seek that way of escape that He has provided. But I believe that God prevent, presents that very trial with the way of escape. And you know what? We could say... We could not listen to God during it. And we could fail in that trial. That's part of what God has allowed in his omniscience and his sovereignty. He's allowed that free will also to work. And God doesn't want us to suffer for that. He's there to help us and wants to uh, give us opportunities uh, to glorify his name through these trials. Trials are necessary. He says later on here in the letter, Peter writes in chapter 4 verse 12 beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed ye may be glad also with exceeding joy exceeding joy when God allows a tribulation or a trial in my life or yours, it is so that we will trust him and glorify his name through it. And, uh, and that's, what he, that's what he's doing. Uh, and by the, and that, 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 that when we see him, it may be even a more glorious time for us because we know that he's brought us through our sufferings and through our tribulations. We need to accept them. Well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have any problems. Don't think that way. (laughs) Problems will come uh, our way. I think of what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy uh, 1.8. In uh, 2 Timothy uh, 1.8... Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, 
nor of me as prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. You see that? Don't back away from the sufferings that will come to you because you're a Christian. Or the attacks that will come upon you as we saw this morning. The roadblocks that Satan will throw, throw in your way to try to hinder you. Don't, don't, turn, don't let those things discourage you. Don't be turned away in those things. Receive those. Why? Because God will give you strength to get through it. And, and for us to glorify his name, his name through that. And uh, uh, if we deny the sufferings, we're going to lose the joy. If we uh, don't think that they shouldn't come, should come our way, if we don't receive it as, as his, at his hand, you know. Uh, Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, as to take as from a father's hand. Remember that song that we sang? We have to receive that and grow in it. Uh, in Romans 5, uh, and verse 1 and following talks about our trials here and how we glory uh, in, through uh, Jesus Christ. And, and uh, middle, middle of verse 2, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that what? Tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given us. Those trials, as we find victory through them, will build our hope. When you're facing a trial, did you know that you have your past victories to, to, uh, uh, to encourage you? When God delivered you that last time, what? That gave you hope. You can remember that. Because back in that trial, you weren't sure how it was going to work out. You didn't know why God brought it along, some difficult thing. Maybe it was a sickness. Maybe it was a financial struggle. And somehow God provided. And you looked at that trial and you said, Wow, thank you God, you rejoiced. Well, guess what? When the next trial comes, remember that, Amen. <laughs> Don't think God has any different plans for this one, okay? He's got a deliverance in somehow, in some way, that you can glorify His name, and I can too. Do that trial and become more like the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Peter knew uh, what it was. Gold has to be tried in the fire to be purified. The more impurities that are removed, uh, the more gold is revealed. Through trials, the impurities of sin and self are removed. And the pure Holy Spirit of God is evident more and more in you and I. Did you know that you have within you right now all of the Holy Spirit you will ever have? By the way, that's for all of eternity. Even after you get, get, you, you get your new body, if you're a believer, you don't have any more of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the thing is now what? To yield to Him. And let Him guide us through the difficulties and the hard times of life. Give us that wisdom, that strength that we need. That he doing that might be the one showing through us. Amen. And that's what God has, has, for, has for his children. <clears throat> Gold's got to be tried. 
one thing we must recognize early in life. Our sin nature tends to self-destruction. Our sin nature tends to self-destruction. That means for your own good and for my own good, we can't always have everything we want. Amen. We need to get that down and accept it. Uh, we can't always have everything that we want. Because there will be some things that we want. We may not know it at the time. But they would have been bad for us. And God knows that doesn't he? That's why we can trust his, his spirit through that. I think if Peter was tried. You know we all know that he, uh, he, uh, he denied uh, uh, the Lord. And uh, uh, in, 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 uh, in, uh, uh, he was tempted of Satan and, and denied the Lord. And the Lord met him after the Lord rose again. He met that group of disciples who had given up uh, their uh, ministry as sharing the gospel and had gone back to fishing. And Jesus called them to shore and fixed them a breakfast and, and was, did some heart-to-heart -heart talking with them, didn't he? And... Uh, in John 21 talks about that verse 14 uh, Jesus showed himself to disciples he pulls uh, Peter aside perhaps and uh, he says to Peter uh, he says uh, <clears throat> Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these he saith unto him yea Lord thou knowest that I love thee he saith unto him feed my lambs He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Peter had grown through his trials. Sometimes I think we forget, I think what is one of the main points here, Peter was able to answer yes. Every time the Lord asked him if he loved him. And by his own confession, Peter said, Lord, you know all things. Peter isn't trying to, trying to pull, pull some wool over the Lord's eyes here. You know, you know, I really don't love him, but, but since we're talking here and everybody else is listening, I'm going to tell him. No, Peter is telling him what's in his heart, okay? He's pouring it out. He's pouring it out. Now, I know in, in the Greek there's a couple different words used uh, twice the first two times the word agape is used uh, and the third time the word phileo is used. I understand that. Uh, sometimes I think we make a little bit more of a deal than that that needs to be. That needs to be. Uh, in John chapter 5 and verse 20, it is said the father loves the son and the Greek word there is phileo. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse uh, 22, uh, uh, the apostle Paul writes uh, about those who would be blessed that uh, at the appearing let me, let me look at it 1 Corinthians 16 22 
1 Corinthians 16, 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus, let him be anathema, maranatha. The Greek word there is, is, uh, is phileo. In uh, Revelation chapter 3 uh, and verse 19, Revelation 3 and verse 19. <clears throat> As many, Jesus speaking, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The Greek word there also is phileo. So I think sometimes maybe we make a little bit, try to make a little bit too much about the difference there. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus asked him three times from the heart. And Peter answered three times, yes, yes, yes. And I think the Lord was challenging him to, to consider uh, the sincerity of his love, no doubt. Wanting him to really, really think about what he's answering, no doubt. But what an amazing thing. You know, I hope I can, I hope I can do so well when I'm standing before Jesus and he says, you know, Bob Crawford, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And with confidence, I could answer like Peter did there. See, he learned, he grew through those trials. Faltering Peter became a faithful preacher uh, through the trials of life. He was preaching in the temple there and, uh, after the uh, resurrection of Christ and, and uh, Pentecost and such. And, and uh, uh, they, he and John, remember, they had healed that lame man. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, of uh, to do about that. I mean, that news spread quickly. Uh, about the miracles that these preachers had done. And, and uh, of course, they were preaching that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And the leaders in the temple and such were the Sadducees, and they, don't believe, they didn't believe in any resurrection. Uh, so they got a little upset when they hear about this kind of preaching going on. So eventually they capture the, the apostles and uh, are going to question them. They come to them and Ask him by what authority they've done this miracle. What, you know, uh, who gave you this authority? And Peter answers in Acts uh, 4.8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's not hiding uh, by, the, by the fire this time. He's not disappearing into the shadows this time. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined, of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Amen. I tell you what, Peter got it right, didn't he? And he was bold there. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. No doubt those trials were a part of that. His, even, by the way, even his failures 
uh, he was, were able to, God was able to use to build upon in his growth, amen, as he, as he perhaps remembered those and knew he needed to trust Christ more in situations like that. And, uh, and he became a leader in the early church. And uh, in, uh, uh, in verse uh, 13, he says, uh, of the chapter, he says, I think it meet, or of Second Peter, he says, uh, 1.13, I think it meet or fitting, as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up. He became one who was stirring up the believers for Jesus. And to keep them going, he knew he would, at that point, he would probably die soon. And he says, and I want to have a, a revival effect before I go. I want to see God's work going, going forward. Realize temptations are necessary. Secondly, recognize sorrow is natural. Recognize sorrow is natural. Peter said about these temptations, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness. You're in heaviness. That word means to make sorrowful, to afflict with sadness. Boy, there's an affliction in it. <laughs> to afflict with sadness, sorrow. Peter knew what it was, what it was to sorrow. We talked about his denial of Christ. By the way, all the Gospels record it. And Luke and, and Matthew tell us that when Peter went out, he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly after that. Peter knew uh, what, what sorrow was. <clears throat> he went out and wept bitterly. <clears throat> uh, but our Lord, the Bible says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, what? And acquainted with grief. Sorrows are a natural thing. Kind of goes along with Peter's idea, you know, thinking some strange thing that these trials should come. No, they're going to come. I expect them. God will use them. And by the way, oh, why, why do I feel so sorrowful? Brother Chris was talking about you know several uh, uh, believers in the, in, in the uh, in the Old Testament, and perhaps perhaps even Apostle, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament once maybe thinking about take you know, is it even worth living? Lord, take my life away. That's how sorrowful things can get. Amen. We have to recognize that, that, that that's really a natural thing. Getting sorrow is not what we're to be sorrowful, not what we are to be astounded at, but, we're, but we need to know where to go when we're sorrowful. Amen. <laughs> go to the one who knows our sorrows. By the way, go to the one who has sorrowed probably as we've never experienced. Probably as we've never experienced. As he sorrows for every soul. Brother Chris was talking about sometimes we lose our edge on on our desire to see souls saved and lives changed, like maybe Elijah did. Maybe that's when, when God, as he was saying, uh, changed his ministry over to Elisha. That's a fearful thing, isn't it? I don't want to lose a burden for lost souls, and I don't want this church to lose that. We need to pray. I'd love to see things lifted so we can get back to do more of what we were doing before. And, uh, and we can still be witnesses to our neighbors, to our, to our co-workers and such. And, and, uh, but I miss some of the things that we're do we were doing before that we, that we just can't do now in the same way. And we need to, uh, to be praying about that and to be witnesses to those, to those that are around us. The Apostle Paul wrote about himself and the other disciples. He said this about them. He said, 
He was explaining how their lives were and how God had somehow ordained that and ordered that. He says, we are as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Well, I can't, uh, I can't be sorrowful because the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You missed it. <laughs> no, you can actually rejoice while you're sorrowful. See, you can be hurting in a, in, a, in a situation and not be all cheery about it. But in your heart, what can you do? You have that hope. That though it may take a while for that hope to bring a smile to your face, it may take a little bit pondering upon that hope to dry the tear from the eye. But that hope is in your heart. And you know what? You know it'll be well. You know it'll be well. We know that all things what work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to, according to his purpose. I tell you, if my, if, if, if my dear God decided to take uh, my wife before me, uh, I would be very sorrowful. Very sorrowful. And yet, at the same time, I would know for whatever reason, God did it for my good. And I would take hope in that. That's probably not going to happen if you guys see some of the chips and stuff I eat. But <laughs> we've, uh, we've often joked about, about uh, what, what's going to take us first. Which will take somebody first? Cholesterol or stress? <laughs> and uh, uh, she's doing very much better with that. She turns things over to God. But I, I tend to just let things, it's, you know, I, I don't get stressed as, mu as much about things. And, and she does a little more than I. I don't eat as well as she does. And she eats better than I, you know. And so we go back and forth. Which, which one of those is going is to, it, it would take somebody first, you know. Uh, but uh, God's helping us both in, in every way. And we're thankful for that. But sorrow, it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing. Uh, I love Revelation 21.4. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be, here it is, no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. That will be all gone. All gone. That heaven is a blissful place, isn't it? <laughs> And by the way, we have that to look forward to. Which brings us to my third point. Realize, remember that, remember that salvation is never ending. Peter points us to that. Remember that salvation, salvation is never ending. He says, uh, he says uh, um, um, we have a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ there in verse 3. Verse 9, he says, We are receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. In verse 8, he says, he says uh, about Jesus Christ, Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 4. Heaven's not going away, folks. Uh, your salvation's not going away if you're born again. No one can ever be born again again. Okay, it doesn't happen. You only get born, you only get born physically once, and you only be, be get, get born spiritually once, that's it. Okay? 
When you're born physically, you're in the family. When you're born spiritually, you're in the family. Amen? That's it. The rest just deals with your relationship within the family. And thank God, part of what we inherit, that, by the way, that's not a reward, that's for family. Rewards are what Chris was talking about. We get rewards for service. Part of what we inherit is what we get because of the family we're in, amen? And that's heaven. That's eternity. That's no more sorrow. No more tears. No more death. That's going to be wonderful. That's going to be wonderful. We're going to see loved ones and brothers and sisters and Christ who've gone on before. And we're going to be with them for all eternity. And we need to remember that salvation is never ending in the midst of our struggles. Uh, uh, by the way, did you realize that everything here has an end? Everything here uh, uh, on this earth ha has an end in some way. In Luke twenty-two thirty-seven, Jesus says, I say unto you that this is written, this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. He was talking about his coming crucifixion. And he was reckoned among the transgressors. He says, Jesus says, for the things concerning me have an end. Even in Jesus, when it's related to this earth, those things have an end. He died and rose again. He's, he's at the right hand of the Father in heaven. One day, what? Even the millennial earth will be cast away. And be and be burnt, be 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 melted down and shaped into what a new heavens and new earth. So even that stuff will end, but not heaven, not our eternity, not that new heavens and new earth. And folks, brethren, that's what we have to look forward to. Amen. That's what we that's what, that, that that that's what we look forward to. We realize that, and it makes the the, the, the sufferings we realize that they are worthwhile. You're already delivered from hell when you're born again. We're waiting for his son from heaven, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered, past tense, us from the wrath to come. I'm already delivered from that which hasn't even come yet. <laughs> Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. What a blessing. And so we look forward to that. Uh, <clears throat> People of this world say all good things have to come to an end. Not for you and me. <laughs> Not for you and me. We don't, we don't have an end in that sense. And, uh, and uh, uh, all good, the, uh, some of the, the best things are yet to come for us. And yet the world, that's not true for them. Uh, that's why God wants us to have a burden for them. They don't get saved. This is the best times they're going to know right here we know all the suffering that's going on in this world right now i'll tell you uh having our affection set on things above second corinthians 4 17 also says for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are are eternal and that's what we have to have our eyes on and fourthly, fourthly and finally, we need to rejoice that the Savior's near. What did Paul say as he was speaking of these trials and struggles in verse 5? Who are kept by the power of who? God. Through faith. 
unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That power is always there for you and I to trust. Christ is always, he is here for you and I to trust. He says about Jesus, uh, writes about Jesus, Peter does in verse 8, Jesus, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Psalm 46.1 God is our refuge and strength of what? Very present help in time of trouble. And we love Hebrews 13.5 For he has said what? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Barbara Johnson was an author. She lived to be a Christian author. She lived to be 90 years old. She died in 2007. She was diagnosed with a brain tumor in 2001. She got adult onset diabetes and eventually died of cancer uh, in 2007. It was cancer of the central nervous system and Lymphoma. She died after a valiant six-year fight against the disease. During her illness, she added four more books to her long list of published works, including one that takes humorous pokes at her life with cancer. She is affectionately called the Geranium Lady. Uh, my wife has one of her books, Stick a Geranium in, in Your Hat and Be Happy or something like that. And... Uh, She's affectionately called the geranium lady, a title taken from her book. Here it is, stick stick a geranium in your hat and be happy. That's what it is. Her humor and hope in God in the midst of tragedy ministered to millions. Strong Christian woman who relied on her faith in God and her sense of humor to preserve through many devastating experiences. To persevere, imagine that would be. Uh, persevere through many difficult experiences, faith in God and a sense of humor. Uh, her husband was in, near fatal, in a near-fatal accident and slowly recovered from debilitating injuries. She lost one son in Vietnam and another son to a drunk driver. Her third son was estranged from the family while pursuing a homosexual lifestyle. But her compassion extended far beyond the pages of her encouraging books. Wanting to use her own pain to help others, she and her husband Bill founded Spatula Ministries, (laughs) a unique organization that used a spatula of love to help parents Heal themselves off the ceiling <laughs> and begin on the road to recovery. She wrote her first book to help. Uh, she wrote her first book uh, after reaching the age of 50 and was voted Celebrity Mom of the Year in 1996. She emerged from these experiences having learned that through pain, that though pain is inevitable, People can choose to pick flowers instead of weeds. 
We can choose to trust God and, and grow through our trials. Prior to being diagnosed with cancer, she toured across the country as a popular conference speaker and part of the Women of Faith tour. Her many books have, have comforted millions of women, bringing them hope and humor in times of distress. She'll be missed by many, but her life will live on in her numerous books. <clears throat> Some of her books, uh, Stick a Dranium in Your Hat and Be Happy, mentioned that one. Splashes of Joy in the Cesspools of Life. <laughs> I like this one. Fresh Elastic for Stretched Out Moms. <laughs> She wrote four more bestsellers during her illness. <clears throat> Boundless love, irrepressible hope, extravagant grace, three others. What a challenge, amen. And uh, God challenges us. Uh, you know, when Peter failed, my Bible says when Peter had received Lord's instruction, Peter had said, Jesus had said to Peter, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as eat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. When Peter denied the Lord in that courtyard there where that palace was, the Lord could see him from where he was at. And the Bible said the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know, they tell us that 75% of, communi of communication is, 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 is a look, it's, it's actions, it's, phys it's phys physical as much as the words, or more even sometimes. What do, we, what, do I, what do you think that Jesus look conveyed to Peter? Shock? You know, he had already told him he was going. He was going to. Jesus knew he wasn't going to farewell through that trial. He had already told him that. He knew he was going to fail. That's why he said, "When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren." He already knew that. Allow me to think that he wanted Peter to remember that. Just as he would fail, as Jesus pointed out, he was also to remember that Jesus was praying for him. And that this wasn't the end. There was more coming. There was more coming. And I think that that look, I think the Lord was trying to encourage him. <laughs> remember, I've prayed for you. Remember all that I said. <laughs> I think he was concerned for Peter. And you know, when he rose from the dead, he told those who'd seen him, he said, the angels had said, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. Behold the place where they laid him. And those angels, of course, commanded by our Lord, says, 
but go your way. Tell his disciples what to say. And Peter. Why did you say that? He's one of the disciples. He would have been covered. Now the Lord had a special interest in Peter at that time. He might have been condemning himself saying, well, he called the disciples to come. I'm, I don't really consider myself a disciple right now. I've just denied the Lord right before his death. Surely he doesn't think of me as a disciple. Don't try to exclude you. You know, we can be pretty self-condemning sometimes. We tend to go the other way. Either we don't condemn ourselves for things that we should, or we condemn ourselves for things that we shouldn't. That's why we can't trust our own heart. Amen? But God wanted to make sure Peter didn't have an out. I want Peter there too. Why? Because he loved him. And he was going to restore him. And I want you to know, you and I can fail our God. And we can grieve his heart. And we can serve our God. We can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And rejoice his heart. But in neither one of those. Does his love for us ever change. In neither one of those cases. He doesn't love us more when we listen, and He doesn't love us less than we don't. Amen. When we don't, Amen. Because that's the kind of Father and God He is. Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine, and I'm done. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And by the way, you fit in that, in that, in that group somewhere, okay? So that includes you. We may fail. We, we may fail in the midst of a trial, but you can never fall from the love which Christ has for you. You can never fall from that. Because it's not based on you. It comes from his being. And that's why he died on the cross for us and rose again. What a, what a, hallelujah. What a savior. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, hard times do come. And I thank you that for believers... You will help us through it so that through it we become more like your son. Uh, and uh, we thank you for that hope and that truth. Help us not to forget these things as trials come our way. Father, if there's a lost person uh, watching online or, or receiving this message in some way, dear God, would you speak to their heart? Show them that eternal life is a gift and they can receive it just by realizing they're a sinner, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Realizing that the wages of sin is death. And the Bible says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Realize that salvation is a gift, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. You're offering it. You're offering it.
And all we have to do is receive it by faith. You promised in your word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we'll just admit those truths that we have just rehearsed from your word, then God, you'll convict our hearts. If we'll yield to that, you'll draw. You'll convict people of their sin. They'll want to be forgiven. If there's anyone in that case, Father, might they just simply in their own words confess faith in Jesus Christ as the perfect Son of God and just call upon Jesus Christ to forgive them and save them. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One man's prayer was like this. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Father, if someone believed those things from your word which we just shared, and prayed that prayer, trusting in those things, Father, trusting in you and your Son, they'd be saved. I pray for that, God. We pray we'd see more souls saved here in this place and around the world through missionaries. And help us to continue to grow, Lord, till you come. And to be careful to give you thanks and praise. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.